On this episode of the Headed Home Podcast, we interview Kayla Weiss. Kayla, who you can find at Denver Home Matchmaker on Instagram, is a realtor, a mother, a person with a passion to match people to their perfect problem-solving resource. And during our conversation, we learn about her background in real estate, how she found success, her business values, her family values, how she's navigating this challenging market and educating her buyers on the opportunities that they can take advantage of. She is smart. She is funny. She is a natural behind the mic, and we hope you enjoy and learn from our conversation today. Welcome to the Headed Home Podcast, where we explore personal growth, life strategies, and interview remarkable people from real estate and mortgage professionals to small business owners. Join us, your hosts, Andrew and Jen Gallegos, as we uncover the secrets behind how top achievers smash their goals and tackle challenges in today's dynamic world. Get ready for a funny, inspiring, and enlightening experience with captivating stories and invaluable lessons learned. Yay. So um, I I love your story because a lot of my family is from Minnesota. Oh, really? And mm-hmm. you're from Minnesota. Um, but I would just love to know like how you got into the real estate industry. And yeah. Well, hold on. What? Hold on. Kayla Vice. Right. We're hanging out. All right. All right. All right. Hello. We're See, having a good time. Yes, we are. Uh, you for do a have, Monday morning. For a Monday morning. <laughs> we uh, we just said before the episode started that we need to start doing these on an, uh, on another day. Maybe Friday afternoon we could do a happy oh. hour headed home podcast. That sounds Next like time. a terrible episode idea. part two. I, I think it's going to be fun. You know, when we when we first started doing these, um, Andrew and I, it was during well. It was, uh, we did a lot during COVID, but mm-hmm. that was like the second year we were doing them. And we would just sit in our basement yeah. at this table and like drink on like we a would Friday drink. night. And oh, like, yeah. yeah, it was, it was smooth flowing conversations came oh, from Yeah, those. we want to talk Minnesota. You get a couple drinks in me and that accent really starts uh, coming See, up, so. that's, where, that's really what I was looking <laughs> for. All right. Well, yeah, tell us, how'd you, how did you get into the real estate yeah. industry? Yeah. So I've always been really intrigued by it. I kind of come from the marketing world and uh, had my son and I was really just trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do next with my life? And, um, after working for a magazine and handling their advertising and those communications, I was just kind of exploring other options to bring, leave, let me be home more. And one of them was actually interviewing to be a real estate agent's assistant mm-hmm. up in Minnesota. And everything went really, really well. And she ended up going with somebody that had their license, which totally makes sense. But just kept following her and, you know, the work that she was doing. And then um, actually ended up working for a home builders association for a little while up in Minnesota, helping run their artisan home tour, which is like parade of homes on steroids, like the luxury houses, really nice, super fun. And then when we moved here about five years ago, Worked for the South Metro Denver Realtor Association as their program t- director and was just surrounded again by agents and the industry and loved it. And then COVID hit and I started getting really bored because my every day of being surrounded by agents and industry partners was now just me kind of tucked away by myself and had the opportunity to start taking my courses and pushed for it. And my husband, thankfully, was doing well enough to allow me to (laughs) stop having regular income. And now I get to be home with my kids at three o'clock, pick them up from school and still have a full day of work. And I'm still working when I'm there, but I'm able to be present and 
it all just kind of makes sense for our family mm -hmm. for sure. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do you feel like that shift was for you? Like, was it, was it difficult yeah. going from, um, you know, working with those home builders or the associations to just like being on your own? Mm -hmm. Like, what was that? Well, was that transition like? it was definitely interesting because you go from being an employee of them providing tasks and projects and yeah. things. And then now you're in charge of what you're doing every day. And I think my background really helps with this, you know, having my license now. And I can really call on that experience to help guide my clients through and understand, you know, what's going on within these processes. But having to be in charge of myself, you know, that um, soundbite from the office of Mindy being in charge of her own department. And she is her own department. <laughs> and it's I a challenge. This. Yeah. That is, that is my struggle is just kind of keeping on task and not getting distracted by the fun stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, but um, a good transition. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I put the work into it. I was very intentional and um, it's difficult. It's definitely more difficult than people let on, even though they all say it's difficult. But yeah. Very worth it if you can put the work into it and just see the light at the end of the tunnel. What What do you feel like has been the hardest part for you? Mm, well, as I said before, I was very intentional about the work that I wanted to do. And I knew that was going to take longer to build my business because of that. Yeah. Definitely a frustration with, you know, being at home and the income and having it be really steady and all of that and made, making our bills and things like that. But... I knew, like, as long as I'm getting what I need, bringing in what I need, I, and I'm focusing on the people that I truly want to work with, it's going to make my career all the more better because I know that I'm working with the people that I want to work with. Mm -hmm. Every transaction is going to be a positive experience. And even though it takes longer to build that business because you're being very specific, I think in the long run, it's going to be a lot better mm -hmm. because they are going to enjoy working with you. They're going to share your information with the people that they know would enjoy working with me and that's kind of what's happened and yeah. it all just kind of snowball very slow snowball but now we're like mm -hmm. you know we're hitting that point in my career where things are really starting to pick up and i'm thankful that i did things the way that i did that's exciting when i first got in the mortgage business and it's sales as well just mm -hmm. like the real estate business mm -hmm. it was uh i would say emotional yeah you know like i i wanted to do well i wanted so bad yeah. to be good at what i did and i put so much work into it and it is it's competitive and it's challenging mm -hmm. and um and it was it's just it you, like it takes it's such an an emotional roller coaster how long did it take you mm -hmm. in that straight commission role mm -hmm. to feel like okay i can make a career out of this oh for sure so they always say that year three is the year when things really start to pick up, which I fully feel that I'm going into my third year now and I feel very confident in what I do. First year, you're kind of like looking around <laughs> and God, I hope I'm doing this right. And yeah. your first transaction, you're going through it and you're like, Oh God, like, do they know that I'm new? <laughs> do they know <laughs> that I've never done this before? Please. And uh, I definitely, I didn't tell my first clients that they were my first clients until we got to the closing table. And I was like, all right, full disclosure. I didn't, you know, you guys are my first, like here we are. And it was great. It was the best transaction. And I think that alone, having a good first experience yeah, really helped me feel more comfortable in what I was doing. I'm like, okay, you just have to keep this confidence up, you know, keep up yeah. the confidence and nobody has to know that you've never dealt with this before. 
don't lie to them and be like, oh, that's no problem. Like, I got this handled for you. No. Hey, you have a question. I don't know how to answer it. I'm going to go find that answer for you. Let I'm me still going to help you. you. Yes. Yeah, let me get back to you. And right. just having that confidence and getting through that first year, feeling good about the transactions that I did. And then going into the second year, and while my second year wasn't as good as my first year, it gave me more opportunity to continue the education, continue, you know, meeting other people within the industry, getting my confidence not only with the transactions, but also handling, uh, communicating with other industry peers. I think that was what my second mm. year was about. And now going into this third year, I know everything like that I need to do to get my clients to the closing table confidently, smoothly, calmly. And I think that's the biggest thing is having the confidence to talk to them, but also talk to the people within your industry without second guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's that's huge. It, it, yeah, no, that is huge. And it's such a challenge at first when you yeah. don't have the experience. Mm-hmm. But then I think you fall back on like your business values. Yeah. And I know just from actually looking you up online and seeing your reviews, you have raving fans. You do a great job with mm-hmm. customer service. Mm-hmm. It seems like you put a lot of emphasis on education as well. Yeah. Would you say that those are your business values and oh, yeah. you fall back on that when experience might be lacking? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, everybody, there's always going to be imposter syndrome in every stage of your business. And as long as I think you can kind of work yourself through it, but education and communication are the two things at the top of my list is a lot of my buyers are first-time home buyers. I kind of built my business around that. I love being the hype girl of like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to get you near your first house. It's amazing. The excitement of all, of all of it. But also just coming from personal experience, we've purchased two homes and both times I was clueless mm-hmm. on what was happening. I just felt like I was being pulled along and then all of a sudden I'm sitting at a closing table <laughs> signing these papers and I have no idea how I got here. In the moment, like, I felt like I was doing all right, but then I don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. It's like I blacked out, right? And this was before I had my license. And so um, not that those people were doing anything wrong. They got us to where we needed to be, and I'm so thankful for it. But I want to make sure that my clients know what exactly what's happening every step of the way. I want them asking those complicated questions. I want them, you know reading through and double checking everything. When I hear my clients are doing research outside of just us talking, I'm so excited and so proud because I know that they're being fully intentional in what they're doing. And I want every single transaction to go that way where we get to that closing table and they know exactly what they did to get there. They know how hard they worked. They know, you know, all the work that was put into getting there and that helps them appreciate it all the more, I think. So would would you say that your favorite part of your job is like the education piece? Yeah. I mean, I love showing houses. Who doesn't like wandering <laughs> through houses and, and all of that? But just making sure that they they know every step, asking those questions. I do a lot of first-time homebuyer classes, and that's always super helpful. I mean, you'd, be, you'd still be shocked. I think we've talked about this before, how many people still honestly think that they need 20% down to put a house. Yeah. It blows my mind, right? Yeah. I mean, 20% of a house in Denver is minimum like 100K, right? It's oh, yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. has that kind of money? Nobody. Who has right. 3%? Not a lot of people. So yeah. it's like just continuing to educate the opportunities that are available to them, the down payment assistance, the rate buy downs, the opportunity that we have in this market, especially for first-time home buyers, is huge. And so just continuing to let them know that, you know, all of those little details that they need to do to get them to the to the closing table and 
all those little terminologies and every single step, holding their hand and walking them through it. Absolutely. And I think you hit on it. Education, I mean, in general is really important mm-hmm. in what we do. Yeah. But in this market too, mm. educating on misinformation mm. too, uh-huh. I, I think is really valuable. Oh, it's like yeah. a whole other job. Oh, right. Yeah. And not, and I find myself walking the line of, I'm not, I don't want to come off as salesy. Right. Because I think that buying a house is just, it's a special thing. Of course there's, and and there's so much financial gain that will, that can come from it. Mm -hmm. But also you've got a lot of media outlets saying (laughs) that it's a really scary market and the crash is coming and interest rates are really high. Yes, interest rates are high, but if they drop by two or three percentage points next week... Competition is going to be even higher. Exactly, right? Home values are going to skyrocket, right? And I think people need to understand that because they might miss out on getting into home ownership because of misinformation. Oh, 100%. I mean, I have clients right now where we were looking this time last year and they had no chance. No chance of getting something. And granted, they are approved for slightly higher than what they were last year right now, which is amazing because interest rates are higher, right? Yeah. However, the opportunity for them to get into a house and have and get everything that they need and have sellers that are willing to work with them and not just passing them along because of the offer that they put forward is incredible. You can get stuff paid for. You can have your interest rate buy down. You can, you know, negotiate which is mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, we haven't had negotiation the last couple of years. Yeah. And so getting them in with that opportunity of negotiation and then the second those rates go down, you refinance and now you have the benefit of the negotiation and that lower payment. Yeah. And I mean, I don't tell people that because I want them to buy a house. Right. I tell, I want to tell people that because I need them to know that the opportunity is yeah. there right. when you're ready. And if we can make that happen before interest rates go down, all the better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, and that is going to be a big reality and a big issue for people if they're, if they're holding off on that. Oh, yeah. And I was just telling um, someone in my office today, like the number of single family homes that I'm seeing under $500,000 that are actually like a viable house is incredible to me. Yeah. I haven't seen that in forever. I know. Yeah. Right. I know. In Arvada, in Lakewood, all yeah. of these places that are, you know, I haven't seen that in a while. And we're getting people into really great neighborhoods and great houses for less expensive and less stress than we've seen in a while. Well, and when we had that crazy competition in 2020 and 2021, even if you were, <laughs> even if you had the 3% down, most of the time you had to come up with an appraisal gap mm-hmm. too, you know, and that's another thing. Now you can get, it's the opposite. You can get concessions yeah. to cover your closing costs mm-hmm. so you can get in with a lot lower down right now. So, 100%. but yeah, you know, rates well, are higher. And you needed yeah. like a hundred thousand dollars more to like offer. Remember right. how crazy right. that was? That yeah. was like insane, insane land. It was, it was insane. insane. So in, I mean, we know this market is obviously different. So what, what has kind of been the biggest challenge for you? Um, and how are you tackling it? Yeah. I mean, I think just like we were talking about, just getting past the scariness of those interest rates, obviously to Denver's affordability is less than ideal. Yeah. And when you're working with first time home buyers a lot, that's a, I mean, they can just get really defeated and, yeah. you know, just trying to keep up their optimism and be like, look, I know this isn't probably the house that you were thinking that was going to happen, but it fits all of your needs, you Mm -hmm. know, and this is that stepping stone to get you into that dream house. I like to say the ready for right now house Mm, or the perfect for right now house. So is it meeting the needs that you have in this moment? Is it going to get you to a place to where you can land in that dream home, you know, down the road? Great. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then also just, um, I just wish that interest rates weren't such a huge, like, scary factor. I mean, you guys 
Yeah. You guys know that. And it's it can very so easily turn into the sky is falling. But I really think this is opportunity. And you know the people that have the money to cover it are taking advantage of the opportunity mm-hmm. that this market presents itself. And I just want everybody to see that side of it and not mm-hmm. just the scary part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough um, to get people to see that, you know, because even even when we talk about all of the advantages, if someone's renting for fifteen hundred dollars yeah. and then they see, okay, I have a seven and a half percent rate and my payments can be four thousand. I mean, that's yeah. a big jump. Of course. You know? of course. But um, but yeah, I agree. I think that's all that we can do as well um, is well, continue to try and educate and yeah. serve. I want to I want to shift into some other fun stuff. All right, let's okay. shift. Let's do it. If that's all right with so, you. Yeah. I want to know, I mean, you have two kids yeah. like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can imagine, like us, that you are constantly uh, trying to figure out how to put all of the pieces together <laughs> to make yourself a sane human. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so what? talk to me about, like, what are, what are some of those things that you kind of think through or do to give yourself some balance so that you're present for your family? Yeah. And like present for your work stuff. Sure. I think, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of um, conferences or classes where it's like, what is your motivation in your business? And mine is balance. And balance can mean so many things for yep. different people, right? Balance is having enough money to do the things that you want to do. Balance is time, whether it's like 50% business, 50% family, or whatever version of that. I think also in whatever stage of life you're in, balance can mean a very different a very yeah. different thing right totally. now balance for me is working in the career that I love but also being a present parent as much as I can having a career like this gives me the opportunity to go to the fun run we had a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. hang out for a couple hours volunteer if I need to or I am dropping off and picking up every single day because I know I can get my work done between those hours mm-hmm. and um one thing that I'm personally thankful for is that my kids aren't in sports. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I don't have to add that level of scheduling. As we're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. My kids do a music lesson mm-hmm. Mondays after school. We go, they do their lesson, and then we go home. Mm-hmm. We're not having to schedule all that stuff. They they know how to show a house with me. They love in the that. summer, they're probably coming to every single showing that I have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know setting those expectations, showing them what I do when I work, bringing them into the office. I think just making it second nature that they're going to be in every single thing that you're doing and vice versa. I want to be in every single thing that they're doing. I think that's kind of what's worked for our family is just. That's so important. Like I, I I think that a lot of people and not, not saying this is necessarily like right or wrong, (laughs) but I think that they keep, their work separated from yeah kids I like I want and I did this yesterday we were watching the Broncos game and I was like working on stuff mm-hmm. and I like very intentionally talk about like what I'm doing yeah. because I want them to understand like what work can like look like oh, right for sure. and mm-hmm. um I think they also you know we, we adults are modeling mm-hmm. all the time for kids yeah and so making sure that they like we're thoughtfully talking about work. Like we talk about it all the time about, you know, what things interest them or what things right. would they have to do if they did this particular industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, God, what was that last week when I went on that field trip with Ava? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it they were talking about like um you know native american families and all, and how they basically start learning how to be an adult at like the age of 7 yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like we do this all the time to kids where yeah. we just shelter them from like what it should look like sure and i think it's absolutely amazing that oh, you yeah. take them and show them how to do that work well half the time it's cuz i don't really have a choice right. and sometimes i don't think i want them to be there but yeah. you know what but they, they are, are. we're they just going to make it work but i it, that also goes back to just being intentional about the type of business that i'm running yeah. the people that i'm working with know that i have kids the people that i'm working with know that sometimes the kids are going to be there yeah. i have yet to have one person complain about it so i'm just going to keep on doing it see what happens and as the kids get older it's going to become more second nature and yeah my son complains when he has to come look at houses for me but then he walks in the house and he's like did you see this bathroom did you see that that's really nice and I'm like okay kid keep on selling this house for me <laughs> love it they're and, gonna know their stuff right yeah. and uh i had actually was talking to someone and they're like one of the best things i ever did because she also brings her kids mm-hmm. to showings and stuff is getting them a name tag oh love that. And okay. Like, okay you're putting on this name yeah. tag now you're working like this is how we act when we wear when we wear our name tag and i think i'm going to do that for this coming summer is like you know give them a notebook give them a Mm -hmm. name tag and make it make them see the seriousness of it Mm -hmm. but kids are kids and they're going to still run through that house and open every closet and hide Mm -hmm. and scare and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. push through my clients and doorways Mm -hmm. and we're just (laughs) flex with it and it's <laughs> i like that you do that though yeah i've never heard of any no. real estate agent doing that oh really yeah. okay yeah no i think it's super cool and i you know we've brought when we go by open houses sometimes to mm-hmm. meet agents like we bring the kids and like we're like listen like hand this bag of treats to like oh yeah like you gotta go do this and like uh-huh. we teach them you know because it's good skills for them yeah and then bribing them with you know, lunch afterwards. Well, obviously, the bribery. Yeah, there you is, go. Yeah, the they bribery. get painted in ice cream. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, so you know, as you're kind of like talking about all of this work, like, what do you feel like is like a primary driver for you? Like, what what's like your big why? Yeah, honestly, and this is gonna sound selfish, but it's me. Like, just everybody. Of course, I'm doing this for my family to provide for my family. But honestly, it's more self fulfillment than anything. Yeah. And I'm doing something that I really love to do. I'm helping provide for my family. And it gives me an outlet to be creative, be serious, be professional, have a lot of fun. I mean, I love talking to people. I love meeting with people. You could wake me out of a coma with, hey, do you want to go get coffee and catch up? Like, yes, I do. Right now, let's go. Like, that is what I love to do. And being able to have found a career that allows me to do all of those things. But also, like, you know, handle business and get things done and have both sides of it is everything to me. And I want my kids to see that you can work and have fun and make good money. And um, just knowing that I did that, I built this all on my own. And I have a really successful business and career. I mean, everybody says family, family, which is great. But honestly, it's kind of myself which is selfish but hey well, I it's own all it. tied together though yeah it, it, is. it is for yourself but like you I, I think that that's part of being a good mom and uh be, having a good relationship with your family is you feeling proud of yourself you feel like you're pursuing your potential you feel like you're serving right. your community and your friends and you're you know staying connected with um with with your goals and what you want to yeah. do in life yeah I think that's all connected uh, it was there like, do you do a lot of, because it sounds like you know yourself pretty well, right? Like, mm-hmm. as you're talking about 
what drives you and mm-hmm. in, in balance and career sure. and and you know making those decisions to get to the position that you're at right now mm-hmm. do you are you a reader do you listen no. to podcasts no, do you not. how do you feed your mind <laughs> Well, okay, so I have the, that's a lie. I do like gangster rap. Yeah, well, straight up gangster rap. All right, hey, that works too. Uh, I, I don't read. It's really boring to me. I've never really enjoyed reading. My sister would read every single book you gave her, but I fall asleep. And so, love the sentiment is just not something that I do. I do enjoy podcasts. Um, but honestly, I just watching other people around me having really, strong industry partners that are successful and I can watch them do what they do and learn from them. Um, I follow a really, a lot of really great people on Instagram that I get a lot of ideas from and can see their success and also their balance and call upon them. So I guess it's more of like a, I get my motivation from the people around me. Um, I love that. I can listen to podcasts, but it's really hard for me to put them to action. Mm -hmm. I need, I need to be doing something with another person to really get like my creative juices flowing and and all that i can go on a coffee meeting and we'll be talking and while we're talking i'm like oh my god writing down a hundred things why haven't i thought of that i need to do this right now i need to put this into action and so i get my most of my ideas just from talking to other people and having that back and forth i like that so it's like it's almost like the your circle of influence yeah like the people around you yeah. are the ones that you're really like pulling the most yeah pieces and, are out and, of exactly and pulling from people in different stages of their career that's one thing my office has every stage of person in real estate like mm. fresh out of the bag you know young in their career motivated they've been doing this for 20 plus years and i think that's so important because if you're stuck around people that are all at the same point as you, how are you supposed to get ideas from that, right? I mean, you can you need that those outside influences of like, okay, this is how they did it 15 years ago, which might not work for now, but how can we do something similar? Or, you know, I would have never thought to do whatever this new agent thought of as a way to generate business, but it's working for them and that's amazing. How can we just keep growing each other's business and not be competitive and yeah one of my favorite things so i'm the incoming president for women's council mile high yeah talk about that so uh women's council of realtors is an organization that i'm part of it's a nationwide uh organization um i specifically am going to be president of the mile high chapter which is denver ish and um thank you one thing that i really appreciate about that organization is the people within it kind of move past this everyone is your competition Mm. mindset which a lot of real estate agents are still stuck in that and it's kind of an old-fashioned way of viewing things I think Mm -hmm. and um, I mean Denver Colorado has like some 26,000 real estate agents in like the Denver-ish area alone right and that's a lot of people yeah Now, a lot of those people aren't necessarily doing a lot of business, and some people, a few of those people are doing a lot of business, Mm -hmm. right? But when you're part of an organization like Women's Council of Realtors, we are all trying to build our businesses together. The people that I know are not necessarily the people that you know. There's enough business for everyone. Everybody's doing different things in order to get their business, and I so appreciate that, and having those different levels of collaboration and, like, uh, one of the events we did was a, a marketing pop-up. Mm-hmm. And it's, how, what are ways that you're marketing your business that are working for you? Because mm-hmm. what's working for you might not work for that person. 
but something that you're doing might line right up with this person. They don't live next door to you. You know, they're not in your office. Right. Their business is not affecting your business. How can we have these relationships to where, you know, I see what you're doing. I see it's working for you. I'm going to manipulate that to work for me, build my business without affecting your business. And then one of these days we're going to end up doing a deal with each other. We're going to know each other and we're going to be able to get through this transaction smoothly, calmly, positively without, you know, the, oh, I have to beat this person. I I have to do better right. for my client than they're doing for their client. And I just think this whole industry is collaboration and making it work for our people and making sure that they're getting what they need and seeing more, seeing more people within the industry starting to really embrace that and build each other up is huge and is probably one of my favorite things that I'm getting out of that women's council organization. That's really, really cool. Is that, is that something that like when you look at your current career that you're most proud of? Probably. I mean, I'm proud, I'm, I'm proud of a lot of things, but being able to say I'm in my third year of this career, I'm about to be a president of a local organization. And then we're going to see where that takes me from here. It's building up my knowledge base. It's building up my resources around the country. Yeah. I know people all over where if my clients are like, Hey, we're moving to Texas. Mm -hmm. I know somebody that does business just like me. And I know that they're going to take care of you. Let me have that resource for you, you know, and then I can stay in communication with you guys, these guys and make sure that you're getting taken care of. I think being in front of as many people as you can that are like-minded, that are similar, I think is only going to be a benefit for you and your clients because why shouldn't you be able to get them the same service even if they're not working for you yeah. or with you? And I think what's really important about that and what you've talked a lot about, of, a lot about is that people... I think sometimes go through their business and they don't have a good sense of what they want their um, service sure. to look like yeah, um, or their business to look like, or right. they don't have a good sense of who they are as a human. And it takes a long time to figure those it things does. out for sure. It does. But, but I can tell that like you're really intentional and you have a good understanding of what you want that to look like. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you let go of that like scarcity mindset yes. of like trying to just like do what be whoever anyone needs you to be and right. be more intentional and focus on like this is actually what I want my business to look like yeah and these are the people that I'm going to work with um, and the value in that is that people see that authenticity in yeah. you and like people want to work with people that are authentic oh 100 you know I mean a lot of people hate like they dread going to a car dealership or something because they know the second they walk out and start looking at cars somebody's gonna be like hey you yeah. want to buy a car today yeah, what can we do totally. to make this happen <laughs> I don't want to be that that type of agent like yeah. hey I might need this deal really really badly yeah you know but yeah. if this house isn't gonna work for you I'm not gonna pressure you to buy it right I'm gonna that what what is my situation behind Mm -hmm. that curtain is mine to deal with. It's not my clients to deal with. So as long as you are getting them in the direction of where they need to be, you're getting them into the house that they need to be, could be half the price that they were pre-approved for. And you were really looking forward to that dollar amount, but now they actually only need this dollar amount. Well, you just got them into a situation that is perfect for their family. And why shouldn't you be excited about that? You know, I, yeah, I, that's one of my biggest frustration sometimes with other people within the industry is like it's too much of a dollar amount and not uh human exactly Mm -hmm. i saw someone um last week i was at 
at this conference and they're like, what's your goal for the end of the year? And someone had said, I want to serve 10 more families before the end of the year. And just having it phrased like that, serving more families, not closing three more deals or, you know, selling four more million dollars worth of real estate by the end of the year is serving 10 more families. I thought that was super impactful on me and completely a way that I'm going to be framing my my year to come. That's mm -hmm. so funny. We do like these gift boxes. And yeah. It, when like they open them, it's a big sticker and it says like, who can we serve today? Yeah. And it is like, I think when you walk in to your job, what it like, doesn't even matter what career you're in, but right. like from like a place of like service and like help and support and right. like just being there to care for this person in front of you. I think that changes the way that you perceive your work and how other people perceive you in your work. Yeah, because they could care less about the price of it. Mm -hmm, they just know right. that you helped them and you got them there. I actually thought about you guys today when my clients didn't get their offer accepted. I was like, man, maybe I should send them something. Yeah. Because I you know should. that's something you guys yeah, do. Yeah, totally. Because I know they really wanted this house and yeah. it didn't happen. But that just means something better is on its way. Well, totally. I, think, I think that's a great lesson just for anybody in sales is when you lead with that service mindset, that mentality – one, good things come back to you, you 100%. know, and, so and two, like it takes away all sales reluctance. Yeah. Like if I need to make a cold call or if I'm calling someone for the first time, I feel a little bit nervous maybe, you know, or intimidated for any reason. Just remember, like I'm going into this to just offer as much value yeah. as I possibly can. I yes. don't care about the outcome. But like, I'm just going to completely commit to like, what can I do to help you? Mm. And that's either going to end in a, a yeah, a, a closed transaction now, or uh -huh. maybe it will be in two or three years from now. I don't care. But if you go at it with that mentality, it's also more fun. Oh, I agree. I completely agree with that. Because I think, especially when you're young in your career, cold calling or doing all this, is the most intimidating thing in the world. I still refuse to do yeah. it because that's just not how I do my business. However, if I'm reaching out to a past client or a lead or something it's like hey if you have any questions or if there's anything that i can help you with please let me know like i'm not yeah. looking to sell you a house but i'm just helping to get you there eventually right mm -hmm. do you need a garage door person i got the best garage door person in the world chris's garage doors <laughs> and uh or like you know anything any questions that you have i just want to be a resource i'm not looking to make money off of you i'm just looking yeah. to help you and yeah. I think clients sense that too. Yeah, they yeah, know they do. and they appreciate it. Yeah, I agree. Know? And then they'll go to you and ask questions oh, if they yeah. have them. And then eventually when they're ready, mm -hmm. hopefully they'll work with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All very great information. Should great ask, lessons. Should I ask my surprise question? Um, yeah. Is it a surprise anymore? Because we ask it on every episode that you could like create a brand new surprise question. Well, in your it's head. a surprise to me either way. Oh, so. okay. Perfect. Okay. Then I'm using my, <laughs> I just love this one. Okay. Okay. If you were going to write a book uh -huh. about something okay. for the world, mm -hmm. what would it be about? Ooh, cookbook. Oh, yeah. Well, I've shit, always had this thing because I need it. Uh, I've always no had a eggs. thing <laughs> that I've always wanted to make a cookbook. I'm not a great cook. I, but it's just always, they're always so visually appealing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love the idea of cooking. <laughs> okay. Is it cooking or baking that you love or oh, both? That's hard. I do like making bread. Okay. I make the best caution in the world is what oh. I'm saying, telling everyone. Okay. It's all wow. subjective. But um, actually one of my past clients, they just gifted me a cookbook last week. They came that's from cool. California and they 
bought me a cookbook that they personally have, sent me all these like recommendations, like do this page, do that page. Um, and I just, I don't know. I've always, I was in photography for a while too. And so I always wanted to photograph a cookbook, like yeah. have the plates made and do all that and design it and everything. But yeah, cookbook, 100%. Well, you should get do right it. on that and just send it all over yonder to us. Yeah, and I'll do all the Babe. cooking. It's all it's you all it's going to be pictures. is soup because that's really all I know how to soup make. Soup and well. focaccia. Yes, okay. I mean <laughs> I could definitely live on that for sure. For um, sure. Love it. Well, where can our listeners find you? So I'm very active on Instagram. My handle is Denver Home Matchmaker. Um, I was Hold on. on. I oh. want to say one thing. She's yes. freaking hilarious. Like I, <laughs> I agree. My, I've seen some of the videos. My like, I feel like my love language uh-huh. for just like humans is humor. Uh-huh. Like if I see funny people, I'm like, hell yeah. Like we're that's I can get along with this person. Uh-huh. Like you're funny. Oh, thank so anyway, you. So I'll I'm take just saying, it. I'm just saying, like. I'd like to think that I'm funny, but it could also just be self-delusional. But no, I really, I'm like, she that is so. hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think this business is way too serious sometimes, mm-hmm. so let's make it fun. But uh, yeah, definitely Instagram is like my main activity. and uh, Or, you know, just hop into a random coffee shop because I'm probably there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> probably there. Yeah. Well, we loved hanging out with you. We Thank could you. probably chat with you for hours this because so fun. we share a lot of the same values. Yeah. And, and I think that it's great to have a person like you just mm-hmm. in the industry with the ideas Thank of you. collaboration and building each other up, especially in a challenging market sure. like a lot of people are in right now. I think we all need that for each other. Oh, so I agree. I and commend you things for that. Up a bit. I agree. And the people I think that have the mindset that we have right now about this market there's only up from here. So. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to be the ones that are super busy next year. Yep. Because things are going to get way better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's coming. Well, thank you so much. And thank you thank to all you. of our listeners thank for uh, listening to this episode. Like, subscribe, and uh, check us out next time. See ya.